Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. When we aren't afraid of death, we are less afraid of life. From these episodes, I aim for all of us to take more risks in life, go after our dreams, have great relationships, and a lot of joy in the process. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And today on the show, we have the wonderful Mary Dioma. Mary had a transcendent experience and many out-of-body experiences where she journeyed through the many levels of heaven and what is called hell. She returned with a deeper understanding of the conscious universe. Mary grew up in Alliance, Ohio, in a small town in the Midwest. She's the fifth of eight children. Currently, she is going to be talking to us from Orange County, California. Mary spent most of her adult career as an accounting clerk before her transformation. Now she, was an, she is an author and a public speaker with a personal message to share the love and to get the word out that we are divinely loved. Mary is the author of an awesome book called Loved a Transcendent Journey. Mary Dioma, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to you, and especially because we have so much in common. I know we do, and we are recording this right now through Skype, so I'm just looking at your beautiful face. And for the listener right now, if you go to wedontdieradio.com, um, and you can take a look at Mary and who she is while you're listening to her story. So, Mary, thanks. You're in California now, correct? Correct. That's what I said, so I was hoping I was correct on that. And the accounting clerk part, is that what you, that was your living? Um... Yeah, I started doing accounting when I was 16, working for my dad and his trucking company and mm-hmm. doing the um, these big green ledger sheets way back in the day before computers. <laughs> now, you don't look as old as you must be if you were using those ledgers. <laughs> you look like a very young woman and you still are. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. And then share a little bit about yourself and like maybe what happened because I, um, I, I don't, I, w- I want to share with the listeners your story. Well, I, um, I, I had a spiritual curiosity, um, but I was really starting from a position of being pretty much a skeptic and I just wanted the answers. I had this insatiable curiosity to know the truth and um, so I started seeking um, my my answers myself and I I was looking at the near-death experience kinda like you are to Mm -hmm. understand you know what's the truth let's find out Right. And um, in my investigation, I, I used the near-death experience as a template for how to proceed towards having my own experience. I wanted a direct experience of the divine so that I had that evidence. And um, for myself, really. You wanted a near-death experience? Is that what you're saying? I wanted the spiritual part of the experience okay. without, without the death part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And how long ago was this when you first started your investigation, um, roughly? It was in the late 1990s. Okay. So like 1998, 99, 2000. Yeah, so around the and same then, time I did. Okay. And then uh, 2001, or like at the end of 2000, I discovered uh, that I had a uh, celiac disease which mean I had to change my entire diet right and um, about four months after that is when I had my transcendent experience and what does that mean I stumbled over the words transcendent when I was reading your bio um, because it's just not a word that I'm used to saying and or imagining so what do you mean that you had a transcendent experience. So that I, it's tough to find the right word to use to describe what I was talking about. Well, okay. Um, I used to use the word enlightenment. That is the traditional word, but people use the word enlightenment to talk about getting really smart now, or being learning information, just straight information. So enlightenment kind of lost its power, and 
um, you know, it's not really a near-death experience because I didn't even come close to dying. So I was searching around for the right word. And um, the, another word that I learned that people use in, in philosophy is called a noetic experience. So like knowing, knowing this uh, spiritual knowledge. But um, I, I picked transcendent. Um, it's just another way to say you've gone beyond what is the normal limits. So you've transcended. And um, so that's really meant to pass through. Right. And now how did you get there? Because I've talked to many, many people and they've had really incredible experiences and most of them have been somebody who had the near death part and very few have been able to like do it upon demand. Um, and so yeah. how, what happened to you? So for me, my uh, transcendence was catalyzed or the catalyst for it was an emotional trauma. And since then I've learned that there's a lot of different catalysts that can jump you out of your body, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't know exactly what my, um, practice was of, of go doing the, or, you know, following the, the near death experience life review process, which is what I was doing. I didn't know how it was going to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. I was just working towards, towards having some type of experience. But then when it did happen, it was completely out of the blue. What it, the emotional trauma that happened was I was uh, engaged to be married and I, discovered that my fiance married someone else oh my gosh that's horrible yeah and I think that any anyone who's gone through a really tough breakup and felt that deep deep heartbreak can can understand how how painful that is that's a that was a really painful thing to go through and in the moment of uh, that realization that I really did have an egoic death. I, I had to mourn the loss of the life that I wasn't going to have. Yes. Yeah. And, and so it is like when you lose a loved one too, you mourn their, their future that they're not going to have. So you, you have to come to a place of acceptance that, that, from this moment on, the world's going to be different than oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be. Grief is an interesting thing. I found that any time there's a significant loss, and it can be from actual death, it can be from divorce, it can be, you know, when a mother has her kids go off to college and there's just a loss, and they're, they're devastating. And in your case, you just didn't lose a loved one he went for somebody else and married somebody else. So you're grieving not only the loss of the future, but it's, you know, I know for a fact kind of how our brain chemistry works. And when we love somebody, I mean, we're connected with them. And when they're no longer there, I mean, we go through a real tough readjustment period in grief and it's brutal. So you had like a, a double whammy. Yeah. So my my heart goes out to you, and I know out of that came something good. But still, um, you know, we have some listeners right here, right now, that may be going through the exact same thing. So I think you'll be a a good beacon of hope. So not only did I lose him, but I lost myself because I lost who I thought I was and that whole mm -hmm. structure. But in that moment, uh, I, I decided, uh, based on the advice that I got from. Uh, Gary Zukoff in mm -hmm. his book The Seat of the Soul right. to feel the feelings in the moment and, and instead of turning them off which sometimes when we turn off our emotions so that we can just um, you know function but mm -hmm. I allowed them through and by allowing myself to feel as deeply the, the, the deep pain it broke through to this transcendent experience and I I had an expansive deeply spiritual experience and um, 
I could go into some of the details of that. Oh, definitely. But I need to know, like, details. Like, you went to bed one night, and then this happened, or you were just sitting there. Like, what? Because I want to just picture where you were when, like, this. So I was at work when I had the realization. Okay. And um, it really was uh, a psychic realization, although I didn't even know that it was a psychic realization until much later. But anyway, I was just sitting in my desk at work, and suddenly I just knew that he had married someone else. And I felt like I was kicked in the stomach. But I I was at work, so I didn't allow myself to feel my emotions at that specific moment. But I waited till I was on my way home from work driving on the freeway. And then I allowed those that pain to come through. And as I allowed that pain to come through, it was excruciating. And I went right past where a place where I would cry to just this very intense pain. And I was really mad at God. I was more mad at God than I was at him because of how we got together. And I felt like I had been guided in that direction. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, how am I going to handle this pain? And I asked, what would Mother Teresa do in this situation? And as I asked the question, I got the answer. Mother Teresa would say, love anyway. And then I asked, oh, and then I was able to love. I was able to find love in my heart. Did you, did he call you first or did you have like this psychic hit that this was happening first? So the, 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 the hint or what I thought was a hint that this, this was happening was that his roommate who never calls me called me at work and his roommate was drunk and mad and I was like, why or why are you calling me? I, and all his roommate said was, you're a smart girl. And um, I just thought his roommate maybe knew something I didn't know. But it turns out that his roommate never knew that he was married. So you could say maybe I made a false assumption based mm-hmm. on that. But I just knew in my very depth of my being. And it turned out to be true. That, that And it was almost to the moment. In, and he was literally, he was from Bangladesh, so he was across the planet when getting married when I knew that he was getting married. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. So it just came on you, yeah, like you said, psychically that you felt it. Yeah. It really was psychic. Wow. There, there was no logical evidentiary information that I had to go on. And up till then, you hadn't gotten any, you weren't having a problem with your relationship or knowing he was seeing somebody else over there or anything like that? No, no. See, he had he had just gone to Bangladesh to visit his mom that was in the hospital. So uh-huh. I thought that was a, a, his visit to Bangladesh was about visiting her oh, in the of hospital. Course. Of course. And he had called me three days before this on the phone said and said, uh, or actually the day before, and he, he said, um, I'm coming home in three days, and we're going to get married in three days, or, you know, as soon as he gets back. Right. So I, I was actually thinking, we're getting married very soon. I was like, it was not the plan that he was. Right, totally like, not predictable. Okay, I just wanted to kind of see, and, like, where you were in your head. And to give a little background on the culture, they do get, they make the decision, uh, the family makes the decision for the kids, and then once the agreement's been made, they have they have one day, day one, they make the agreement. Day two, they make the arrangements. Day three, they're married. Oh, my gosh. Interesting. Okay, totally not like the culture I'm used to. But, okay, so I can kind of see that. Okay, so then what happened next? You, um, you chose Mother Teresa's path, which uh, kudos to you because it all sounds good in theory you know, love unconditionally and all that, but, and even how you felt the pain, you know, from reading Gary Zukoff's book and like we're in it, you know, kudos to you. Cause I mean, it's so easy to self-medicate or overeat or start drinking. And, um, it does sound like the greatest thing in the world to love unconditionally, but in the moment and a lot of grief, I just feel, you know, there's a lot of anger. Oh yeah. I was really, really angry. And I was really, I was angry at him and at his family, but I was especially angry at God. And so I was focusing all my anger at God. Right, right. So that allowed, I guess, some of that love to flow through to him. And I also do, I did understand that his culture or 
I mean, I, I had deluded myself that it wasn't to the, that, that he had broken away from his culture, but I, I had been exposed to enough of it to, to, to get the fact that in that culture, they put family and country and city and state before individual. And so I understood how they could have that level of pressure on an individual to, to make them behave in a particular way. Right. So right. there's something more than he was having an affair and just decided to yeah, it, it, marry it, was, his. Uh, he was, yeah, he wasn't having an affair. He didn't know this person yet. So it wasn't the, wow. it was a totally different kind of betrayal, I guess. Yeah. Well, I want to hear more because you had experiences that you say that you journeyed through levels of heaven and what is called hell. So that, you know, I, I know you know the, the name of the show is We Don't Die Radio. So I'm guessing that's what is coming to follow here in your story is um, something that without dying, you you actually left the body. Is that right? Yes. So, so um, tell us about that. Fast forward, I opened up my heart and a beam of pure white light came out of the sky, came down through the windshield of my car as I was driving and touched me. And as this beam touched me, I was infused with so much love. Every cell in my body became conscious, a level of conscious like we have normally, which we feel is generally centered around our head, but like I felt that consciousness in every cell. And I expanded out and I became one with the trees and the grass and the rocks and the earth. And I, I could see the planet uh, and I expanded out and I became one with the full entire universe. In a second but, while you were driving the car, right? Yeah, it really did transcend time. And the, the, I expanded out and I became one with this uniform field, which now I understand is that probably the Higgs field. And then I expanded out and I went to the void, which is uh, all, all everything before it's anything. Immense, immense, immense love. So much love. Incredible. And, and, and then I was back in my body. The, the heaven and hell part of my journey came about four years later when I was able to induce another experience like that. Now, I, I, this is going to be a silly question because you just said something very profound. But when this was happening, did you pull over in the car? I did not pull over. It took a second and a half in real time. And I know that because I took the same path every day after work. Okay. And I calculated it. Okay. But it felt like when you were in it that it was much longer, I'm sure. Etern eternal. It, there's no time. So you really kind of go beyond the limits of time. So time is like, having been out of time, time is like a, a construct designed to focus attention and the, on, on particular events, on a, a sequ sequential series of events. And so when you expand past time, there's no sequence of events. It's simultaneous events. That's an overwhelming concept, and it, it takes a little time to digest that. But if you could um, go on, because after that experience, you said it took then four years for you to um, kind of induce that. Were you looking in those four years trying to do that again? Well, I had a whole cognitive dissonance process for myself because once this happened in the first place, even though I knew about it and I wanted it to happen, I was like, what the heck happened? Right. <laughs> and I still needed to get a grip on it and all of the information that I got didn't jive with everything I've already, I already was trained and knew about. And so I had to try to incorporate that information because I had been raised Catholic and so I had this dualistic understanding of the divine even though I, I didn't even before my experience I didn't believe it <laughs> and then that was also too I hadn't I hadn't believed in God and here I am experiencing God in the deepest sense and I I had to grapple with you know how do I put this how do I incorporate this knowledge 
and this truth that I knew now beyond any shadow of a doubt with what I had believed before. So it was a whole process of incorporating that information and yeah, I yeah. want to hear more stories, Mary. What happened next? Because okay. there's a there's a thing that I believe in listeners and you, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, when we really can hear a story, um, and sometimes it actually causes goosebumps, Mary, and you know this, that's just, and I actually think it's a divine thing, you know, when you hear a story and we can hear your um, experience or tapping into the divine, what, whatever, however you want to say that, like we, when we're listening, we hear it too, we feel it, and it can open us up to something new that's possible. So while we will get to more of the coaching than some of the really profound wisdom that you have out of it, um, there's something about the storytelling or your experience telling that really makes a difference. So what happened then four years later and how did you, well, you might not even know how you induced it, but I want, I really want to hear about these levels and, and what you've experienced. Yeah, I, I induced it through some very um, normal uh, out-of-body techniques. and um, <laughs> You know what? I have to laugh because you're using normal and out-of-body <laughs> techniques in the same sentence. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? How can being out of the body be a normal? Like, so... Pardon yeah, me for so, laughing. So, yeah, because in it, why don't you tell us maybe what one of those normal techniques are? Because I, I want to try it in a safe way. Yeah, everybody should try it. Yes. I, I okay. Think it's, it's <laughs> we, we all do sort of get out of our body when we dream every night. Okay. Um, that's a very common thing. It's just we forget about it. So, um, anyway, the technique is very briefly: you go to sleep, set your alarm for four hours. You wake up in four hours, and you're up for about forty-five minutes. And, then you go back to bed for the next four hours, and the next four hours you you uh, arrange yourself in a slightly uncomfortable position, and you 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 resist going to a, to sleep to fully asleep. There's a whole like uh, symptoms that you feel vibration, energy, earthquake feeling, and then you command yourself out of your body, and it sounds very simple it, it is kind of simple but it's not always easy <laughs> and, and I cannot always do it every time on command but I had been practicing it so I was able I, to I can't imagine it. I just had this vision of first setting the alarm and you have to be really strong to resist the urge to just turn it off and go back to sleep so to actually get yourself up and stay up for 45 minutes and then put yourself in uncomfortable position um, I mean, that you really sound like someone dedicated to doing this, that you're, you've been doing that. Yeah, well, after once you experience the divine, uh, you become instantly addicted. Okay, all right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> That's motivation. Enough. Right, right. Yeah, so I that's true because I after I had it, I'm like I must experience this again. Also, the scientist in me wanted to re replicate the experience. So I, I I had something happen to me that I I know I was awake. I mean, there's no doubt about it that I was awake and I was lying in my bed and I just woken up and you know my brain was awake and active, whatever. And I I had some more time, so I thought, well, let me go back to sleep. But I was so awake that like I couldn't fall back asleep. And then all of a sudden I felt, um, I, I don't even know how to say it, almost like I was drugged. My eyes closed. I felt like I was on some kind of a little conveyor belt. And this happened just moments. And then all, I think you're the first person and people listening are the first people that heard this because it just sounds really weird. But around me was beautiful piano music. Um, it was like twinkly lights in the darkness, like all kinds of twinkly lights. And as loud and clear and perfect, my grandmother's face was there and she's deceased. I mean, real. I mean, she was right there. And then the next moment, because I kind of like scared myself, all of a sudden I was out of it and my eyes were open. Um, and I'm like, what the heck is that? I mean, it happened in a second. It was as real as anything. I still knew I was in that bed. But some, something happened, and, and I have not been able to replicate that. And as easy as it is to say, oh, it must have been a dream, um, 
I, it was so vivid that I remember it like just yesterday. Yeah, it sounds like it could have well have been an out of body experience combined with the visitation. Yeah, it could have been, but it was it was unbelievably beautiful. It caused me to cry when I opened my eyes because it was like I was right there with Grammy, right there. And the sound of that music was just like celestial, angelic, um, and it was piano, but it was just the most gorgeous sound I've ever heard. So back to your story, because you are the guest, not me. Um, so you knocked, you know, you were able to do that, I'm guessing now, on one particular evening, right? Yeah. Yes. And uh, so in, I woke up uh, from this experience at 3.33, at 4.44, at 5.55, and at 7.07. And each time I woke up, I had come returned from a different level of experience. So my first, the first place that I went was like classical heaven, something like what you just described. Heavenly, beautiful, beautiful environment with green, lush, living grass and um, uh, landscape, uh, cityscape and um, lots and lots of beautiful beings, people. There were humans in this level and it was just everyone loved me i was like they they welcomed me they they knew me they were my people they were my family and um there was thousands of them and um i i was just it was just amazingly beautiful and then then i i woke up and i went back and the second place that i went was uh, uh more even more city, more taller buildings. There was like this crystal uh, structure that was, a, I guess, I think that was like a school and there was like a castle. And um, also the people were amazingly loving. In this level, there was different, more different beings, a lot more uh, light beings and... Um, like that guides and I could tell that there were uh, different anyway uh, there were people like me and then there were pe people that were not like me but more like higher higher level beings and then um, I, I uh, went to the next level up and at the next level up it was more like everyone is like light beings and beings there were like group beings like hard to describe how there was multiple beings but they had one identity or individuation it's kind of it's kind of hard to describe how they were <laughs> yes i can unified right yeah and then i ascended up higher and higher and higher and i i don't know exactly how many levels there were i think about 11 and then i went back into the void so the void that had experienced the first time and the second time I went into the void, I saw this amazing uh, being of light that was like a geodesic orb. And um, I have an image of that in my book. And, um, this, you do? Because I've got yeah, it right next just to me. In such awe of this, this this being of light, it expanded and contracted like it was breathing. And I was just like in such awe and feeling this, this amazing love. And then I, um, I, I woke, I woke up from that level. This was but, all in the same night? Yes. And let me just um, ask you, did it look clearer than a normal dream? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, because now this is totally new to me what you're talking about. Um, but I do know from the people that I've interviewed that have had near death experiences, they are so vivid and real where it's so easy to forget our dreams. It is it is incredibly, incredibly real. So it, is that how you experience these? Yes, yes. Okay. And now, let me I, I put some thought into how to describe this is so in our normal uh, consciousness we're getting uh, X amount of data we get data from our five senses and um, me I also get empathic data so I get what other people are actually feeling so it surpasses the normal level of data 
But in this in this experience, it was like, you know, thrice times or 60 times or 100 times the, the data being received. So not only getting the data of the five senses, but but getting additional story and information and like like you get not only what a person looks like but you get how what their not not their current state of emotion is their past state of emotion their future state of and story and their history and how they're related and and the ripples out from that so all this simultaneous data it's like a download right yes yeah like an instantaneous download of everything yes very and that's how it's it's way more information than just this physical data information okay so what happened next so then i had questions about um what about hell and um so i went i went to this dark place and um the next I'm I'm skipping a little bit, but anyway, this I went into this very crowded environment, and I was there for for an instant because I was in, in, immediately in terror, and then I can't got out of there because I couldn't handle the terror. But then when I woke up, I'm like, no, no, really, I really want to know this information, so I went back in. Crazy woman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was the. the stupid courage level of I just really want to know and I'm just going to do it. So you woke up, so to speak, and then you just said, no, I got to know. And you went back in. And I went back in. Okay. This is wild, Mary. (laughs) And in that next uh, environment, that's this crowded environment, totally packed. It was like being at a rave, a really crazy, intense, loud, loud, too much information that I couldn't process information at this level at first. And um, just, no, it was like being in a tornado, how much the intensity of it was, but just emotional intensity. And then I decided to just stick it out and I just, you know, dug in my heels and, you know, you know, just felt like, like, I'm just going to be here and be strong, whatever. Whatever happened. Okay. And um, as I stood there, a, a bubble of love and protection came over me. And I looked up and I saw this immense being. And I, it was a, a dragon. And the, the dragon was protecting me from this environment. And the dragon came down and brought his head close to mine. His head was like big as my whole body practically and he said see with your heart and then I took my focus from where my head is to where my heart is and I I experienced this place and I suddenly understood that all of these beings were playing out their roles in particular dramas that they have chosen to play they have chosen these experiences and and then I looked past the beings in their their stories to this horned being. And this horned being looked at me and I understood that this horned being, which was uh, on, on a marble throne, and he was telling me uh, telepathically that he was serving he was being a servant and he was holding the vibration so that these beings had a place to play out their dramas. Sounds like Earth. It is the non-physical <laughs> place. But You know what I mean? I, I just, you know, from what I've heard, people choose to experience certain things. Well, I guess we all do when we're here. And um, I mean, I know that's not what you're yes. talking about but there there's something here about we're playing out the dramas and we're yes. learning and the good and the bad and the suffering and the all of it so yes yes you got it exactly uh, but this this is a non-physical place where beings who still want to continue to play out the dramas get a place to to play it and that's 
what people who go to the dark and unpleasant place are are going there. And I'm not, I, I think that. I don't okay. know that all of them, all the unpleasant experiences are what's happening and that's where they're going. But this is what I was being shown. And is there a way and, out of that? Or do you think people that go there, they're like... You know, I grew up in, with a lot of religion, but, you know, you get sentenced to heaven or hell. Is that that kind of place or is it just a place of an experience for the soul and then you know, they can get out of that? There is a way out of it. That's good And news. the way out of it is the same way out of the suffering and the trouble that we experience here on earth. The way out of it is to ask. It changes your vibration. It changes where you are to be willing and to be strong enough and to be humble enough to ask for help. And I see that repeated in other people's near-death experiences when they remember the possibility of asking for help, whether they ask from their parent or God or an angel, but asking for help raises you up yeah I talked I talked to two gentlemen that experienced in their near-death experience what they could only compare to as hell and so the way you're saying asking sounds I think they use different words but it really was like praying for help you know and then they saw a pinprick of light that both you know both of them saw that that it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and the darkness was overcome by light and good and and all that stuff so it, it sounds like asking praying you know it's kind of the same thing you're yes. talking about okay yes yes praying asking same I would say those are just synonymous okay so you then what happened so um once I understood what it was about then I woke up again and I just was like whoa Wow. Intense. Yeah. Very. Have you been back there since? Uh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy girl. Okay. But the, 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 uh, the rest of the, the stories are not as, as uh, easy to, to, to tell her. But that was the main, main one. Just, just every once in a while, I sort of like, putting my face in a pool of water, just look through to see what's going on. Yeah. Did you see any people that have were passed away in your life? I did not see any of my own uh, relatives in that, in those specific experiences. I have since I have, I have had visitations where people come to me. I have had um, times where I, other times where I've been out of my body um, I haven't, I haven't documented them because I just, I just kept them, you know, for myself. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. The reason I ask is, um, you know, one of the things, very typical, as you know, with people that have had near-death experiences is they're reunited with some of their loved ones. And um, a lot of us, myself included, we're looking for answers for life after death and proof and everything because we are grieving. And I'm just thinking is if there's a way that we can maybe practice with the intent of kind of getting back in touch with somebody we might have lost. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, all right. So I will share a couple of them then. I did a meditation specifically to talk to my father. Okay. He passed away when I was 24. And um, there was some question as to uh the the method of his death so i ha i had um i was i was uh meditating and i was asking to connect with him and um he came through and he gave me the information that i was looking for and he he i sh i got like little memories that i had forgotten that that he uh, showed to me, that told me the information that I was looking for. But it was definitely him, and I felt his warmth, and I felt his love, and I connected to him. Uh, and I knew, I knew absolutely the validation that, that 
and then I was able to check. I was able to ask my brothers and sisters information that he had given me in that experience, and they and they validated that too. Oh, that's wonderful. I had a not an experience just like that, but I had a very kind of weak moment, and I said, Dad, if you're really here with me, just give me a sign. And I had just gone to bed, and when I closed my eyes, Mary, it was like a slideshow from the past, but not images that I would have ever remembered. You know, Dad and I went on a motorcycle trip when I was like 12 years old. There were scenes from that. He took me up in an airplane ride. There were scenes from that. So they're not even anything, but it came as like a slideshow. And yeah. so I was left with, that's got to be you, Dad, because these are not thoughts that I've thought since maybe I was a kid. And very yeah. clear and very vivid. So yeah. that, that might be a good thing for all of us to know if we're, we want a sign, maybe to ask for something like that and or ask a question, right? Exactly. That's it. That that was a very much like what my experience was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I don't know where to go. There's two different areas I want to talk to you about. One is um, I did an episode. Actually, it was one of my beginning episodes here. And it's number 007-007 with a man named Louis Monero. And he actually is the global director for the International Academy of Consciousness. And they teach people this out-of-body technique. And it's a nonprofit organization. And it's, it's really cool to talk to him because, like you, how do I get there without actually having to die? Do you or do you write about um, in your book kind of like how you got there? Or do you have anything you can recommend for those of us who actually want to try it? Besides what you've already told us, is there anything more or any? Well, this is going to be the topic of my next book, the oh, well. specific technique. You got to get busy, uh, my dear. Busy, busy, yes. busy. <laughs> okay. Right now, I, it's for partway finished. No, that's okay. I'm teasing you. And I do, I do know Louis, Louis, and he is wonderful. And also, um, his. Uh, uh, another person from that group in Los Angeles, Nelson, and uh, they have a wonderful um, system, and they have a lot of wonderful information. Absolutely recommend to check out the International. What was it International uh, Academy for Consciousness? Academy of Consciousness. And for you listening, if you go to we don't die radio dot com and then just scroll kind of towards the bottom, look for episode zero zero seven. And that's uh, Luis Monero, and his website is right there too, www.iacworld.org. So if you're interested in learning more about out-of-body experiences and like actually inducing them them yourself until Mary's book comes out, and then we'll have yes. you on again to share that. The other thing, Mary, I wanted to ask you, um, I, I have your book right here next to me. And I just flipped to a random page. Usually I like to quote my guest at the end of an episode with uh, something. And instead of looking too much to find a quote, I just turned immediately to your chapter 20, which is suffering, good and evil. And there's something near and dear to my heart that when my moment happens that I pass on to the hereafter, Darn it, I want an explanation why it has to hurt so bad being human. I understand kind of conceptually um, emotional pain, you know, um, but to understand why there has to be such intense physical pain like I saw my dad dying of cancer and it was just horrendous and obviously there's all kinds of people and kids that suffer um and not that I really understand emotional pain but you know sometimes I can like I can understand if you were expecting to get married and you're in love with someone and then now they're off with a new bride I mean that's that's intense I mean that's really hard to deal with but from everything that you've learned from your experience can you do you have any this might be hard to say but any explanation for why things have to hurt so bad and why we have to have such intense suffering and um 
and I know I, I know there's been those of us like with dad praying and asking for him to not have it and um you know eventually he his body passed away and then he was released of it but anything you can shed about suffering uh well there are a myriad of reasons and i am not the expert on su- no, uh, physical okay. suffering but i will say this uh there is a has to be some sort of exit strategy that gets us to willingly let go of the body to leave it at the end well i've never heard that before say more about that and so the pain is really uh sort of like making the case for letting go and going home wow okay i can see that at the very end like i've had enough this is it i'm out of here the other thing is that pain on any level is a mechanism for spiritual evolution. Okay, say more about that. I don't get it. The pain brings to our consciousness a level of focus, just like time. And and with, with that level, with that pain, we have the opportunity to choose. And we can choose the light or we can choose the dark. But either choice will, you know, have a, like a domino effect of uh, experience that unfolds from that. And if you go further down on the spiral, then that can then lead to more intense and intense uh, pain until you have that hit bottom, which is really the moment of revelation. So for me, there was the emotional pain of the moment of revelation that this is, I, I can make a different decision on how I respond. Instead of responding with anger, you can make a different decision and respond with love. It's up to you how you respond. And in the same thing with physical pain, if you love into your pain, it dissipates. And if you, the, the, I also agree with Louise Hay that, who, that says that there's a symbolic reason for every physical experience of pain that we have. And if you can look at the bigger picture, the story of what that pain is telling you, and talk to that pain and ask that pain, what are you here to teach me? What are you here to show me? What is this? What is the value of this experience? The pain will tell you what it's here for. Hmm. I, I understand that completely. And I've had moments and whether you believe in this or not, um, it, it does make a difference to kind of look at that. But I'm also getting a vision of, you know, a poor child that is suffering and the mom's right next to them trying to take away the pain. And it's it's not so easy to say, what does the pain represent, you know, in those moments? I wanted to share just something that came to mind right now is I, I had taken a class in hypnosis years ago. And one of the things we did was learn how a little bit to um, direct and release some of the pain through like a, a practice that we did and this may or may not help anyone but um for instance what we did is we ended up pinching ourselves on our hand like so hard and you know and in the moment it's like oh my gosh it hurts but when we're to focus our attention completely on the pain we couldn't feel the pain it was the most bizarre thing and i've also studied with john cabot zinn I don't know if, if you know who he is, a medical doctor who has made his whole career about helping people who are suffering from physical pain do some of these mind techniques to really alleviate the pain. So I just want to give people his name, um, J-O-N for John, and the last name is K-A-B-A-T hyphen Z-I-N-N, John Kabat-Zinn. And so if you're somebody who is experiencing physical pain right now, um, I just want to share that with you, that, that even though we don't have the ultimate answer of pain and suffering, there are some 
things, natural things that can be done just to help alleviate. So, Mary, I want to, our time is coming to an end, my dear, but oh. could you just look in that heart of heart of yours and um, is there any last things, like if you wanted to just get one message out right now to somebody sitting at home or in their car or they're out for a walk listening to us right now on their their headphones, um, just one message that you think as a human being, being here on planet Earth that could make a difference for somebody today. Is there something you'd want to share? Well, I wanted to say thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate that. But to everyone, I want to say you're loved. You are loved. Each one of us is here for a purpose, and we have so much to contribute. Just as you are, you are divine. The, the very essence of who you are is divine, and that by being yourself, you bring to the world that exact reason that you're here. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Mary Dioma. And your website, you had told me, is www.lovedatranscendentjourney.com. And your book is titled, say that again. Loved a, a transcendent journey. Yes, sorry, I interrupted you. T R A N S C E N D E N T. Yes, and to make it easy for everybody, if you just go to we don't die radio.com and just you can see Mary's beautiful face, and just beneath it, I have the description of this show, and then there's a clickable link that you can just go and click to her website and also to see her book so mary it has been just a really wonderful wonderful time chatting you with you right now thank you for your time thank you so much sandra thank you you're welcome thanks for all the giving you do and making a difference and you're out there speaking and um sharing and obviously writing so that we can all have this experience and know profoundly that we are divinely loved so to our listener thank you for being here again thank you thank you for listening to these episodes um more to come and i appreciate you being here my name is sandra champlain i've been your host at we don't die radio.com i do believe without a question that our life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is tremendously important. I don't have all the answers. I don't think any of us do. But if we can really play full out and get your money's worth out of this life. So thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. 